Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So while we were living together, um, I built a house, built a home, fixed up his home, cleaned it up. And, um, you know, things just wasn't right. So we didn't match as lovers. So we decided to, like, we don't match. All right, but we're still friends. I'm like, okay, just because we don't match as lovers, we're so cool as friends. Go back to being friends, but he couldn't do that. This is the plaintiff, Amanda Gathers. She says she and the defendant have been friends for 12 years and they dated on and off. The guy is mad they're not together anymore. He's holding two large bins of arts and crafts items of hers, refuses to return them to her. And she's had it with all of his antics, so she's suing him for the $3,000 she's owed. This is the defendant, Vincent Van Riper. He says the plaintiff kept saying she would pick up those glass bottles with glitter on them for months, but never did, and he got rid of the junk. She's the one who's mad he broke up with her. That's the only reason she's suing. And she's tripping if she thinks she's getting him to pay her three grand today. He's accused of throwing it away. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Gathers, you're suing your former boyfriend for three grand for some arts and crafts business supplies that, according to you, he will not release to you. Tell me what happened here. Okay, what happened was he and I have been friends prior to me dating him for like 12 years. And against my better judgment, being friends for 12 years, uh, when his sister passed away, um, prior to my son passing away, the year before. I'm so sorry uh, to both of you. Thank you. Um, yeah, he called, was like, my sister passed away. You know, he was my good friend for all those years. We should have never dated. Against my better, better judgment, I did. Now, make a long story short, um, once my son passed, I, I, I went back to North Carolina. And that's when, I'll say about a couple of months later, he called me and said, sister passed. He was like, I need you. He came and picked me and my daughter up whom she's 15. I adopted her when she was six months. Um, and he uprooted us. I uprooted you. Wait, the, what do you mean? He uprooted you? Um, he was like, I need you. So I was like, all right. He was like, I want to come and get you. Well, you so decided like, okay. then that you and your daughter would move to where New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Decision. All right. And when you moved to New Jersey, you took your arts and crafts business. Explain that. What is the arts and crafts that we're talking okay. about? Okay. So the arts and craft business, prior to him picking me up, when my son passed, I had got back into my crafts and stuff because that's what helped me. So when he 
um, once I got up there with his sister funeral, he was like, I want you to stay. Let's build a relationship. I was like, okay. You know, we did that. So he was making a family. So we went, he took me back to North Carolina to pick up the rest of my things. That's when my arts and crafts came to his presence. So while we were living together, um, I built a house, built a home, fixed up his home, cleaned it up. And, um, you know, things just wasn't right. So we didn't match as lovers. So we decided to like, we don't match. All right. But we're still friends. I'm like, okay, just because we don't match as lovers, we're so cool as friends. Go back to being friends. But he couldn't do that. So make a long story short, he wanted me out. You know, and I had my 15 year old daughter. I'm like, where do I go? Okay, I'll get out. So I packed all my things, not knowing where I was going to go, put it all on his porch. And I had to find somewhere to go. And I left in February. All right. And then, but you left behind the arts and crafts supplies? What happened is when he tortured me so badly at his home, he got his sister to Wait, come how did he torture? How did he torture you? Okay. So once he realized we could no longer have a relationship, I started sleeping in the living room on my pullout bed. So I had to send my daughter to my sister, I mean, my daughter's other daughter's house because he was so mean that he will, it was winter. He will open up the door knowing I'm laying on the floor in a blow up bed. He opened up the door. He took all the burners so I couldn't cook. He he took the garbage can. He took the microwave out. He took everything out to torture me. Since were, you, I can't, were you paying rent? No. Were you working? No. All right. So you move out in February of 2021. And where do you go? Actually, I started just sleeping at my sister's house for a week, my best friend Amanda's house. My name is Amanda, too. Her house for a week. I really didn't have nowhere to go. I was homeless. For, I how, for how long? Was I homeless? Yeah. A month. And then what did you do? So, so happened, a miracle happened. My, my, uh, my daughter's father called me, was like, hey, I need you to help me take care of my mom. Who I'm at her house right now. Um, you know, she lost her mind. So that's what I agreed to do. It gave me shelter. Okay. It gave me, it gave me my daughter somewhere to live. Okay. I don't want to. All right. So let me ask you this. Why did you leave your supplies behind? When he told me to leave or whatever, you know, I was like, you know, I don't have a car. You know, I don't have anyone. You know, I don't have anything. Just give me time. And then he brought his sister there telling me to get out. They wanted to evict me illegally. So I sent my daughter, my baby girl to my, my daughter's house. So I was like, I'll just suffer through this until I just find where I can go. So then I that's when my, my daughter's father called me. Right. And I was like, good. No, right, but that's I'm not gonna, my I'm question. Gonna... My question is, though, why did you leave your because arts and classroom? You didn't have, have nowhere. OK, so where'd you put all I the other stuff that you took out of there? To storage. It's still in storage. OK, so why didn't you take the arts and crafts stuff there? I, because he did not he did not allow me in the house. When I got there, all my stuff was in the hall. I knew my two bins was in the closet. So when I realized he didn't give me my bins, I banged on the door, banged on the door. I have witnesses. They were all there. Banged on the door. I'm like, Vinny, my bins are in the thing. He would not come to the door. He did not answer. I called his phone. He did not answer me. I guess that's his way of torturing me. But um, I just left because I had a trip to go to in Texas the next day. So we put everything in storage. I left. When I came from Texas, I called him. I'm like, when can I get my stuff? Are you home? I just now rented another U-Haul. He knows I don't have a car. I don't have nothing. So I rented another U-Haul because he told me I can come and get it. So I called him. I'm like, I got the U-Haul. Can I come? 
He was like, I'm not home. I'm at the racetrack. You know, I really did you all. You told me I could come. So that was then. That's what What's going on, Mr. Van that, Ripper? Where is the stuff she's talking about, the supplies? And what what are the supplies? Text messages. Mr. Van Ripper. She left some liquor bottles that were decorated with glitter and paint and stuff on them. I had no idea they was left in there. Uh, when she came to get all her stuff, I thought she had all her stuff. She I says no that she was she knocking on the door the at, right then, that she was knocking on the door right then to tell you there were two more bins. Is that not true? Uh, she was she was banging on my door and kicking on my door. So I did not want to open the door for her. But hadn't she just been in there moving everything out? No, I, when I when she says she was coming, I started putting it in the hallway for her. OK, so that she doesn't even have to With come to your apartment. Room. So you're taking it into right, the ho- yeah. common areas of your building so that you don't have to open up to her. And then she knocks on the door because she says there's two things missing, but you don't want to open up because she's knocking up, banging on the door and kicking the door. So do you call the police that day, right. Ms. Gathers, and say, I need I have two more things? No, I, OK, I didn't. So call now police, you guys make a according to her, she makes arrangements with you several times to pick it up. What's your answer to that, Mr. Van Ripper? She says she was coming a couple of times. I would make arrangements to be there. No, she wouldn't didn't. come, wouldn't call. Um, I was have plans with my friends to go places. I stopped. I wouldn't do that. I would come to the house and, and try to meet her. She would never come and never call. And then after that day, she says she's going to come. It'd be like a month later that I hear from her again or weeks and stuff later, like, when are you coming to get this stuff? Like, it's Do you have any texts between you and her that would show what you're saying? No, I don't have any text. Here are the texts that she submits. Will you be home in the morning? You answer the next, you answer at 4.30 in the morning the next day, no. She writes to you again a week later, hey, can you let me know when I can get my stuff? And you say tomorrow morning at 11. And then she says, okay, I have to find out about a ride. How about 12.30 or 1.30 when... Wawa, get off work. Let me know. Right. Okay. That's the 21st. And then did you get your court papers? What happened on April 21st? No. Ms. Gathers, you tell me what you say happened, and then I'll ask you, Mr. Van Ripper. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So the 21st, when I called him, he was like, I threw it out. So I. What do you mean? He's asking you, wait, 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 wait. You're saying, okay, I have to find out about a ride. And he right. says, okay. So he hadn't thrown it out on right. the 21st. He's saying, okay. I, no, he didn't. No. What happened is I called after I found the ride. Okay. This is our phone conversation. I said, I got a truck. Are you home? He was like, no, I'm at the racetrack down in South Jersey. Okay. But you had a plan to go between 1230 and 1:30. So why didn't you just go between 1230 right. and 1:30? Because he was at the racetrack. Okay, are you saying that you went and he said, don't go, I'm not no, there? I called him to let him, I called him, I was like, we're on our way. He was like, I'm not home. At what I'm time did you call track. him? Around the same time, about, when I told him, how about 12.30, 1.30, I called him maybe a little after 1.30, and I was like, yeah, we're on our way, because I rented a U-Haul. My sister rented the U-Haul for me. Right, but you you were supposed to be there 12.30 or 1.30. Right, and, and right. when I called him to let him know we was on our way, uh-huh. he was like, I'm not there. Okay. I'm down in so South, what? I'm, he said, "I'm down at the racetrack." So, Mr. Van he Ripper, what is talk. your what is your answer to what she just said? She said that you she, you had a plan. She was supposed to be there, but 
at 12.30 or 1.30. I'm sorry, Miss Gathers, please don't talk while I'm talking. I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm so, sorry. And that you went to the racetrack instead of being there after having said, okay, what is your answer to that? That's a lie. Okay. That's a lie. I waited for her to come and get her stuff. I waited till after 4.35 o'clock. And she hadn't come to pick her up her stuff yet? No. Do you have a phone record um, that would show me when you called him on the 21st, Ms. Yeah, I, said, I submitted it. Uh, no, you don't have a phone record. I, I, I've i got the text no, you I, submitted. I can get the phone record, but no, I didn't know I needed it. Well, yeah. I don't know that you need it either. It, it only helps you if it shows what time you called him and that it was during the specified time because you guys are, you know, I, I, is your sister a witness? No. Okay. I just want my business arts and crafts. You say July 19th. You are welcome. You should not have thrown it out. I'm missing my bag with my hanging lamp, curtains, and things. I'll just file for that, too. So she moved out in February, right, Mr. Van Ripper? Yes. Right. So why are the only texts I'm seeing, Ms. Gethers, of you making an effort to pick up something that you left there 60 days earlier in April? And those texts don't show that he did something wrong. They show that there was a plan, and then there's just nothing else. Right. The phone I have now is not the phone I had then. That's the other phone shows in my daughter's witness. Okay, let me hear well from your daughter. Is your daughter a witness right now? Okay. Let me hear from your daughter. Yes. Go ahead. How old's your daughter? She's 15. Okay. Okay, my dear. Can you raise your right hand, please? <laughs> the asylum is where to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you, God. Yes. Okay. okay. What's your name? Shabria. Okay. What do you know about this case? Just what your mother tells you, or did you actually witness any conversations between them? Yes, I did between um, when it first started, because there was a situation where I had left the door unlocked, and he had called my mom telling her, like, Brie had left the door unlocked, and she wanted us, like, he wanted us to go. Like, you guys need to go, because I keep, I had left the door unlocked. So he was telling my mom, well, y'all need to go. Y'all need to, like, need to go. And had kicked my little cousin out, too, that day. So when they was telling my, telling my mom to go, mom said, we don't have anywhere to go right now. Like, we don't have nowhere to go. And I can said, my mom ended up sending me to my sister's house for about three months. So she got back on her feet. And he told my mom that she has to the end of February to get, get all her stuff and get out. Okay. And, and you, so time, you moved out when? Um, January 20th, I had left. Mr. Van Ripper, what happened between you you two? Like, what caused the breakup between you two? What was the problem? She stayed out all night. That's what caused the breakup. Okay. It's just I couldn't take that, her being there with me. And you think you're going to live like that on me? You know what I mean? You're not going to do that. How, how, how often was she staying out all night? She stayed out that one time. It only take one time for okay. me. Okay. All right. All right. And well, were you getting along before then? A little bit, yeah. We wasn't arguing or fighting or nothing really like you know what i mean she she didn't start sleeping on the floor until after that okay and the living room floor until after that okay so what did you end up doing with the uh you can go ahead and put your mom back on thank you what did you end up doing with the arts and crafts stuff i threw it out i threw it away and you threw it away rid of it because it was by my front door inside my apartment for how long and i just got rid of it because she wasn't coming to get it Okay. She kept saying she'll come, and then she wouldn't come. Okay. All right. And then it, it'd be months. It'd be months before I hear from her again talking about some arts and crafts stuff. I'm like, girl, I didn't think you even wanted that stuff. 
Okay, now according to him, it's just some bottles with some glitter, liquor, uh, discarded liquor bottles with glitter. And according to you, it's worth three grand. How, how are you assessing the value of this to be three grand, Ms. Gathers? I sent you every picture of every bottle, handcrafted, okay? I sent all the pictures. It's not just glitter. When my son passed away, this is my business. When my son passed away, this is what got me through. I created so much art. So why that. did you leave that behind? No, what happened was the day I got all my stuff, he never allowed me in the house. So he had to slit all my stuff in the hall, all my stuff in the hall. I was not allowed back in the house. I knew two of those bins was in that closet. Why didn't you just call the police? I know, but why didn't you just call the police then so that you can get to it? Because I don't it. deal with cops. Okay. Oh. I'm sorry. I just don't. All right. Fine. It's sad to say, but I don't. Okay. So I don't call cops on people. Okay. Well... If he's supposed to, okay, I'm going to need you to stop talking and listen. I'm going to need you to stop talking and listen. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In order for me to order him to pay $3,000 to you, many things have to happen. Number one, you have to prove to me it's worth $3,000. But number two, the biggest thing you've got going against you is that you moved out in February and the first text you can show me and you're explaining to me, well, it was another phone and blah, blah, blah. But you could call your carrier and get them. And you didn't call your carrier and get them, those original texts. You don't have any texts that show that you made any effort between February and April to pick them up. After 30 days, it's really considered abandoned property. And yet in April, he's making a plan for you to come by. And I don't see you texting. I can't believe you're not going to be there. We had a plan. I don't see anything. I just see a ghost. And then now I see you filing a suit for $3,000. i am sorry. Based on these facts, I'm not going to order him to pay you that. I I find that the property was abandoned and I'm ruling in favor of the defense. Fender. No, it wasn't abandoned. It was not abandoned. Vinny, God will get you. God will get you, Vinny. Well, the plaintiff fails to get $3,000 from the defendant, Mr. Van Ripper. Yeah. What are you thinking? It's just crazy. Um, I don't know. Like, wow. All I can say is wow. Like, I gave her every chance. She, 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 said, she said you were torturing her, tried to torture her. Do you think in that no, way? No, she, she, she tried that? to torture me in my own house. I had to go to war with that girl in my own house. Like, she started trying to vacuum at 2.30 in the morning, knowing I got to get up and go to work and stuff. Like, no. So I had to shut off all the power in the in the house, shut off the refrigerator, everything. Everything was uh, shut off. So it was like I had to go to war with this girl just to try to get her out, like, seriously. Well, I guess you're you're glad uh, that at this point she's out of your life, right? Yes, sir. Very glad. All right. Ms. Gathers, let me ask you something. You're not going to get the $3,000. The judge said you abandon it. Uh, what's your reaction to that? My reaction is I will get my 3000 and more in the spiritual realm. He got away with this. And, and you know what I'm saying? Money is nothing. I just wanted this case to be heard. I know the truth. God knows the truth. My child and everybody that helped me move out that was there that night when he wouldn't open the door know this truth. 
listen, it's just water under the bridge. I hope whatever he did and whatever he feel he walked away with will be worth his life long run. I'm good. God is good. The spirits will haunt him. He's a lonely, miserable man. And everything he said is a lie. Period. I'm good. All right, Ms. Gathers. Harvey? <laughs> so, Doug, this is a case that really comes down to the issue of abandonment. And that's what this is about. When is property abandoned? You should know it varies from state to state and in some cases, even city to city. If you want to know what the rules are for abandonment where you live, just go online, check your city and also check your state. So what are the exact rules for movers when they get to your home and they want the money before they take the stuff off the truck? We said we'd pay you as soon as you take it off and they said no. Next thing you know, we had to end up paying them $300 more. So Marilyn, you've had cases like this. <laughs> I have. I, I, I've had a lot of cases like that. And I, I um, usually movers will have a contract. And that's right. an industry that knows to have a contract. And then the contract might actually say when you've got to finish right. paying. Because they don't want to move everything into your new place. And then you say, they get ha, 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 psych. Well, yeah, they get right. stiff. Right. right. They, don't, like, want to, they they, don't want that yeah. to happen. So they've some gotten of them, bit by that dog a right. number of times. And they're super careful in that game. They can't, they can't afford to not. We usually, them. we have like a nasty habit of moving our own stuff. Which everyone time. always makes fun All of the us. Time. Where I grew up, if you had a pickup truck or, or a van, you were going to be the guy who was going to help people move. I don't like people I, touching my stuff. I don't yeah. like, I think. Yeah, I, I still do it. I feel like things are going to be broken they that have. Break stuff. No, they're not worth that they much, but they're the worth walls, a lot to me. Bash the wall. The Get out of my. I just right. don't. So unless we have like big stuff to move, that's when I hire movers. I'm but I got to tell you, one of my favorite bumper stickers I saw in a pickup truck one time in, in Miami. This guy's driving in front of me and it says, Yes, it's my truck. No, I can't help you move. (laughs) (laughs) This is the plaintiff, Shirley Lynn. She says the defendants are her brother and niece, and they owe her for a family cemetery plot they refuse to pay for. That's right. Family or no family, she needs her money and is suing them here and now for the $4,100 they owe her. These are the defendants, Susan and Milton. Susan says the plaintiff gave her the burial plot as a gift back in 2011. The woman has completely lost her mind since and sent her a letter threatening to throw her father in jail for theft of the burial plot. She libeled his good name and they owe her nothing. They're accused of stealing a gravesite. The defendants have filed a countersuit for $10,000 for making false accusations and libel. All parties, please take your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff is suing her brother and her niece for a burial plot that she fronted the money for and they won't contribute. But the defendants say the plaintiff gave them the burial plot as a gift and she's causing family strife and they don't appreciate it one bit. It's the case of a grave situation. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Lynn, what happened here? Well, what happened is I sent my niece an email and told her that she would not be in my will. Because of it, I got an immediate response from her about two pages long, very vehemently, telling me what a terrible person I was and da-da-da-da, 
and ended up by telling me about the grave site that she had. Well, it turns out my parents bought eight grave sites, two for them and two for each of us. My parents are deceased. My sister and brother-in-law are deceased. My sister-in-law is deceased. So that left three grave sites, one for my brother and two for me. And I never gave one of them to my niece. It turns out, supposedly, I went to some notary that's 40 miles away from my house to give <laughs> the gravesite to my niece. If I wanted to give her the, the, the gravesite, I didn't have to drive 40 miles to a notary that I've never been to to sign over the gravesite to her. Then it turns out, a month later, my brother goes to the same notary to sign over the gravesite, my grave, my second gravesite. My brother has nothing to do with my two gravesites. Secondly, I haven't had con any contact with my brother for 15 years. Why? Because there was a lawsuit. My mother left more money to me than she did to him and my sister, both of who did nothing for her. So she cut them out. So they sued me and lost. So I never heard from him again. So at issue in this case is one of the grave sites, which they claim you gave to your niece. So you and still I have, never gave it to right. Her. And you are saying that you never gave it to her. So how did Correct. you, and if you when look, did you first learn that she was saying that you did give it to a her? A month ago. And that's because ago. you sent her an email saying you're out of my will. What was it that went wrong between you two? Because obviously there was you never two anything there. Um, so I don't remember how many years ago I invited her for lunch. So she obliged me by coming two hours late, never said any apology for coming late. And so that was it. So after that, about every three months or so, I get an email from her saying, how are you? And then she proceeded to tell me everything that was wrong with her. Guinness Book of Records doesn't have as many things wrong with them as listed as she has with her. So I got tired of having those emails, and that's why I finally sent her an email letting her know that she wasn't in my will, and that would end her stupid emails. Why did you so just, I, but I, I, see, I, I don't understand. Fight. Obviously, you guys had had a fight or something to say something like, you're no, not nothing. in my will. Like, why nothing. does that even come up? Did you feel as though she was staying in contact with you just... Because she was hoping to be in the will and you were... Yeah, because she okay. thought she was entitled and she would be the recipient of my will. Okay. There was no reason for her to believe that. But, you know, she's in fantasy land anyway. So that's why she thought that. All right. Let me ask you, uh, Ms. Susan, what is going on, please? Okay. Let's start from the beginning. When I was 12 years old, 40 years ago, Shirley came over to my parents' house at the time my mom was still alive. My brother and I were playing Atari, so that kind of dates it back to when this happened. This was in 1982. She had complained maybe a week before this to either one or both of my parents and how my brother and I never stood up and said hello when she walked into the room. Now, mind you, we're 12. My brother was either 13 or 14 at the time, depending upon the time of year. So I was in seventh grade. He was a freshman in high school. She came over, walked in. My brother and I, being smart, Alex, stood up without taking our eyes off the TV and stopping our game because we had a high score of Space Invaders going. And we said, hello. We sat right back down. And we thought it was funny because that's what 12 and 14-year-olds do. 
she proceeded to go into the, (laughs) yes, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Kids are going to be kids. I was 12. Um, She went into the basement, talked to my dad about something. We didn't pay attention because we were busy with our video game. And next thing you know, we heard a bunch of screaming and we heard my dad yell a bunch of explicitives. And he said, if you don't like the way I run my house, you can get out and never come back. And she got out and never came back. Um, the next year was my bat mitzvah. She made no contact to try to even come to my bat mitzvah. Was she invited? Uh, at that point, she would not have been. For years, she kept blaming me for everything. And I said, I was 12. What did you want me to do? I was a child. I'm living under my parents' how did, roof. How was have, it that you and your aunt made contact again when you were no longer 12? Like, how did that come about? Um, I believe I called her when I was in my early 20s, around 1991-ish just to see how she was doing and the hopes that my dad and she could reconcile. And I quickly learned that it was never going to happen. And what, what is this about the lawsuit? Mr. Milton, do you want to explain uh, the issue with the lawsuit? Well, um, there was supposedly a will, but it disappeared. Um, <laughs> so then we went to court and we found out when we were in court that uh, my sister was trying to confiscate the condominium that my mother had, and the profit was supposed to go to the grandkids. And the lawyers put a stop on the sale that she had her name on to sell the stuff. Okay. And we ended up getting the money for the grandkids. Okay. So did you win that, that case or did you lose that case? We won a few dollars, but not much. Okay. All right. So, Ms. <laughs> Susan, let me ask you a question. You, you, what kind of relationship did you have with your aunt throughout, you know, from 91 until, uh, well, until now? Well, it was on and off a lot. Um, we talked on the phone for a while. She actually had me over at her house two different times. Um, one time it was for dinner or lunch, whatever, and I was not two hours late. I don't know how she has this false Are memory. Are you saying you saw her twice since, not from between 1991 and now? Uh, with the except, uh, yes, yes. That is what you're saying. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All we right. talked on the phone a bunch and we emailed each other a bunch. What's the point she of it? Used to send me, it was, I didn't want to make waves with my dad. Okay. It was, it was a very sticky situation. So I wanted to have a relationship with my aunt, but I didn't want to tick off my dad in the process either because. So why don't you just have a relationship up. with her behind his back? I did. Right. But I mean, <laughs> it was, it was just an, an email relationship. It was a phone relationship, well, it, but you guys in the beginning, see each other. We we talked about getting together, but and then she had gone in for some surgery or something, was in rehab for a while, and she was always talking about her vacations and whatnot. I, I'm super confused though because I am I'm envisioning you explaining that for I'm just curious between 1991, I'm talking about 30 years. In 30 years, no one could find the time to visit each other, but twice. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and then in those 30 years, though, you did stay in touch with her, and she thinks it's because you were trying to get your paws on her money. No. Okay. So, um, so you stayed in touch with her, but you saw her twice in 30 years and tell me about the plot, the burial plot. So back in 2011, um, she sent me a couple of emails asking if I wanted the plot. And then I waited a while and went back and forth. And then 2013, I decided, yeah, let's get it because I'm not getting any younger and I may as well have somewhere to be buried later in life. And, um, I actually have an email from the cemetery that gave her permission to give it to me. And I have at least four emails stating that she gave me this plot. 
from 2011 to 2013. When uh, at some point she said to you, how did she say this to you by phone or by email? She said to you, you know, you're not in my will. What what was that about? What was the there has to have been something that precedes somebody saying something like that. You know, I don't know. I'm I have I'm guessing here because I cannot read what's going on in her mind. So August of 2020, my dad and I both got COVID. And um, after that, I've had major issues. I'm a long hauler. I've seen like six specialists. There's, they still haven't fixed me. And I don't really like talking on the phone for long periods of time. I cough stuff up and it, it's just, just, it's gross. And it, it just, who wants to talk to someone who's constantly spitting and coughing stuff up on the phone? It's just, and she got mad because I didn't want to talk on the phone. And I told her, I don't like talking on the phone. And she got mad. Okay. So then she tells you, you're not in my will. And then you send a two page email to her and tell me about that email. Over the years, she'd talked about how my mom always hated her and my mom was a rotten person and whatnot. And um, it, we, we talked about, I think her reactions are very inappropriate, but that's beside the point. Um, it's one thing if you talk about your own family, but when someone else does, like your immediate family, it, it's like, I can say it, but you can't. You yeah, know what I, mean? I totally know what you mean. And it got to a point, I was like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I'm tired of playing nice guy. She was always about how she was in the hospital for this. And I told her about stuff that my dad was going through with his, <coughs> sorry, with his treatments and whatnot. And she would give me a little bit of medical background. And I just told her what was going on with my life. And apparently she just thought I was just really sick and didn't want to hear about it because it wasn't about her because she appears to be a narcissist. And she had told me that she thought I was crazy and bipolar and I need to get my brain checked. So she was very nasty to me first. All right. And I responded with, well, maybe you need to go get your brain checked or your memory checked because you must have forgotten that you gave me one of your plots. And okay. then that's when this so all came So according to you, Ms. Lynn, you never gave her a plot, right? No. And whatever documents they plot. have would be forgeries, correct? No, listen, these people are not reputable. You should know that. If you look at the signature, if you had a signature expert, they would see immediately the Y in my last name is not connected to the M. Did she completely make up the idea that you would be giving her a plot or the idea that you did give her a plot? She's just made that up. You never talked about it. You never said anything about it. I that. didn't know about it until I sent her the email. And let me tell you, you mean, what wait, I- Wait, wait, I don't know what you're saying. That means you didn't even know about anything until 2021. Correct? Yes, that's right. Till last month. And the paperwork, you've since seen the paperwork because you went to the cemetery and they showed you the paperwork, correct? Yeah, they sent me the paperwork and the cemetery knows there's something wrong. So they're going to tell you what I said in my email to her. Very clearly, I said, we are related, but we have no relationship. And as a result, you are not in my will. And that okay. is some substance of what I wrote to her. Okay. I don't want to get, here's, her- here's, here's, here's what we need to talk about. And this is what's concerning me. You tell yeah. me that they've made this up out of whole cloth, but she has submitted into evidence some emails and the emails are from you and they're for, they're from your email account. Dear Krista, Krista, I take it is from the cemetery. Yes. I've changed my mind. I will allow my niece, Susan, to have the burial plot next to mine with the stipulations that she's not allowed to sell it rather than to use it for herself. Is there anything more I have to do to make this clear? I will advise my attorney of this change. It even sounds like you, you know, and this is an email from you in January of 2013, where you're in fact telling the, and the, since, 
Yeah. The cemetery told me that they could sell it if they wanted to after my death. Well, I'm not here to discuss that. I'm here to discuss whether you ever gave it to her or whether she stole it and committed a fraud. That's the only issue I have to decide. Now, you have a counterclaim against her for libel for 10 grand. Susan, will you explain that to me? Uh, yes. So Shirley had sent a letter to my dad's house. It was very nasty. Um, congratulations on being a criminal. Thanks to your daughter. I was, she sent this to my dad and myself, but thanks to your daughter, I was alerted to the felony you created by falsifying my name to allow Susan to have one of my two cemetery plots. Okay. First of all, there was no felony committed. She's wrongfully accusing us of committing a crime that never took place. Yeah, but she's saying it to Um, you. Like, you know, who else saw that letter but you? In other words, how does that... (laughs) I know it's upsetting, but every time a family member does something that's upsetting, you don't get 10 grand from them. Wouldn't that be Oh, I know. That would be awesome. You know, but my dad was absolutely freaking out. He was scared that she was going to try to throw him in jail. Yeah, but you had the emails. I know. That's what I told him. How scared could he he have been? The emails are right there. So, Ms. Lynn, when when you file this lawsuit, and when I point out to you that there are emails where you clearly signed it over to her, and your answer is, yeah, but I just found out that she could sell it. Like, it, it makes it sound like you actually do remember that you did transfer it to her. But you don't like the idea that maybe she could sell it. That's irrelevant to me. I just need to know whether this is a, f- a forgery and, they, and you didn't transfer it to her. And based on what I'm hearing, I'm ruling in favor of the defendants on your lawsuit against them. On your suit against her for 10 grand for libel, I don't think that sending you a letter and saying the things she said constitutes libel. So I'm ruling in favor of Ms. Lynn on your libel suit. Good luck, folks. Ms. Lynn, uh, what's your reaction to what just happened and what the judge just ruled, Shirley? (laughs) Well, I'm a little astounded because um, I never was at some notary to sign my name. So that obviously was a forgery. Well, uh, the judge thought it was real. Sorry about that. Let's go to Susan and Milton. Let me ask Susan a question. Susan, you were suing for $10,000. You didn't get that. What happens now? We, 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 we didn't expect to win that, but it was just, it was fun to watch her realize that she got caught lying. It made it all worth it. Well, <laughs> okay. That's, you didn't get $10,000, but you got some satisfaction. Harvey, what's your take on this situation? So, Doug, there are two elements to any defamation case. One is proving that the claim made is false. And the second is that it subjects the person who it's aimed at to scorn and ridicule in the community. So even if this is a false claim, the reality here is it doesn't subject uh, anybody to scorn and ridicule because in this case, the plaintiff is the only person who actually got the false claim. So the community didn't know about it and there's no scorn, there's no ridicule. Would it be possible to sue your fiance for half the payment of a wedding if she or he decides not to marry you? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, they're probably not gonna reconcile at this juncture if somebody's right. gonna sue for you know half of the cost or whatever, but certainly it's gonna depend. And nothing on, says I love you like a lawsuit. It's gonna depend on what they agreed on and, and right. what evidence they have that that yeah. agreement actually existed. But Like in other uh, words, were they from the get-go when they were still together supposed to split it? And right. if they were and she can prove that, right. then yeah. I mean, weddings are expensive affairs. Yeah. Could, even, even, a, even a frugal wedding is an expensive affair. And uh, uh, there's consequences to just walking away. 
Right. But what if um, there, he never agreed to pay for anything and she just wanted a really big wedding and right. she was paying she for was it. Now the whole she thing. was bankrolling. Yeah, that could be possible. Nah, so it just depends on what the actual agreement right. was before right. they broke up. Right. We have a, a friend, uh, a mutual friend, who actually did leave a woman at the altar. Oh my God. Uh, one time and then married her a few months later, right? Right. Yeah. Only that time she married him in private. Yeah, married him privately, right? Right. And then they divorced after that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>